president is back to saying that the coronavirus is like the flu, which, again, it is not. Rihanna had to apologize about a song that she used in her Savage X Fenty fashion show. And BuzzFeed News science reporter Stephanie Lee has the latest for us on what we know about Trump's case of COVID-19. The date, October 6th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Casey, before we dive in, uh, one of the things that I saw recently that I had not crossed my mind before now is of all the like industries that are affected by the pandemic, one that had not come to mind is Halloween stores. They are struggling right now, and it makes me really sad. Um, Yeah, you know, I predict that, you know, people will be buying less of those costumes. Right. Like apparently, according to The Washington Post, uh, kids costumes are and like lawn decorations are about the only things that are selling. And so a bunch of these stores that pop up seasonally are not doing so hot right now because adult costumes, there's no parties. So no one's going out. And what, you're just going to post it on your Instagram? Yep. You know what I'm going to miss is the fact like, you know, like every year I feel like all those names go viral of those knockoff Halloween costumes like because they can't say they can't say Mario. So they'll say video game guy, video game plumber. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, it sucks. You know, I think there have been like a ton of like uh, yard decorations and stuff like that because people are like, you know, how like everyone has been taking care of their home during this time because they're in it 24 seven. I feel like we'll see a lot of like really over the top decorations because people are like this is all i am now (laughs) i mean i i don't know if i'm pretty sure we do this even if there wasn't a pandemic but my fiance has purchased a plethora of halloween goods this year including a crystal ball dried flowers uh several black candles so it's uh it's a time in here all right (laughs) okay time for today's top stories here's what you need to know The president has left the hospital and has spent the last 24 hours pushing his new message, the coronavirus, really not a big deal. President Trump returned to the White House last night after spending three days at Walter Reed Military Hospital. Immediately upon returning, he dramatically climbed up a set of stairs and ripped off his mask for the cameras. Now, we'll get into Trump's actual health a bit later in the show, but it's worth noting that he is absolutely still contagious at this point. And if that little show weren't enough, he shot a video from the White House telling people that if he could beat COVID-19, so can you. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center, and it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders, and I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went, I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We have the greatest country in the world. He followed that up this morning with a Facebook post and a tweet that once again compared COVID-19 to the flu. But that little display hasn't exactly rallied the troops inside the White House. A number of lower level staffers have tested positive since Trump was first diagnosed last week. That includes several members of the cleaning staff in the residence, at least two military aides that work closely with the president and several members of the press corps. 
The vibe coming out in reports right now can be described as mutinous, based on the number of staffers just dismayed that he'd risk their safety. An unnamed staffer told Axios, quote, He was so concerned with preventing embarrassing stories that he exposed thousands of his own staff and supporters to a deadly virus. He has kept us in the dark, and now our spouses and kids have to pay the price. It's just selfish. And meanwhile, we have a new update from the CDC, which definitely does not say that COVID-19 is like the flu. The CDC yesterday finally acknowledged that, yes, coronavirus can be spread through the air. In an update posted to their website on Monday, the CDC says smaller droplets with virus still inside of it can stay suspended in the air for minutes to hours before infecting someone. More pressing, they now say, quote, these viruses may be able to infect people who are further than six feet away from the person who was infected or after that person has left the space. One scientist explained it to BuzzFeed News like this. We can get infected if we breathe someone else's exhaled air. We have to think that everyone we cross that's not in our bubble, they're exhaling smoke like a smoker. How we reduce contagion is breathing as little of that smoke as possible. But uh, one thing you won't be hearing from the CDC, updates on just how the outbreak of coronavirus at the White House has spread. According to the New York Times, the White House has rebuffed the CDC's offer to help with contact tracing. Numerous people who've been present at events with people who've tested positive have said that nobody has reached out, which means that the White House isn't even doing its own tracing work. Oh, truly awful that they're not doing their own tracing work. I mean, this is it. This the, we we presumably know where all these cases came from. And it's like that is actually like a rare situation, to be honest, where you clearly know where it happened. And so they have the chance to trace it all. And they are seemingly not. Right. I mean, uh, they're especially the White House, is especially pushing back on that Rose Garden event and the series of events that happened afterwards inside uh, celebrating Judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett's um, nomination to the Supreme Court. So, yeah, they, they just say, no, thank you. We would pass. Uh, the D.C. government has reached out to them, too, to say, hey, we would love to help out with this because you're here. You're in D.C. and nothing out of the White House. And oh, I got to say really quickly that uh, Facebook post and that Twitter post that Trump put up earlier today, Facebook took it down. Twitter just slapped a misinformation label on it. So good job, everyone. Uh, that's how I'm going to end each of your segments is just me, like a different <laughs> a different groan. <laughs> right. It's like uh, you're practicing to be Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons, which is a show you haven't seen. I have to change my references with you still. I, know, cases. I was just about. I was just about to say, I have no clue what that means. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. Okay, Casey, what is going on with pop culture today, though? First, jumping off of the president's message you mentioned earlier, the wife of a Broadway star who died of COVID put out a response earlier today. Amanda Klutz was married to Tony winner Nick Cordero. After spending months in the hospital, Cordero passed away in July at the age of 41. And after hearing Trump ask people to not let the virus dominate their lives, she posted this message on her Instagram stories. Um, and, you know, let it dominate your life. No one's letting it. Nick didn't let it. It wasn't a choice. And it dominated his life, it dominated my life, it dominated our family's lives um, for 95 days. And, be and because he didn't make it, it will forever affect my life. Even if he would have survived, it would have forever affected and changed our lives. It's beyond hurtful. And, and have some empathy. Why are you bragging? Have empathy to the Americans that you are our leader. Have some empathy to the people who are suffering and grieving. 
Flutes also posted Trump's tweet where he told people not to be afraid of COVID on her feed. In the caption, she wrote, quote, I cried next to my husband for 95 days watching what COVID did to the person I love. It is something to be afraid of. She added that if she'd gotten it as bad as Nick had, their one-year-old son, Elvis, might not have parents. I, yeah, just the stunning levels of the lack of empathy that Trump displayed with that video last night. It was one of the moments where I have been the most upset since the pandemic started, I think, actually. It was just awful to see him do that. Yeah. I mean, his tweet and his video just like really struck a chord with people. I mean, he's telling people not to be afraid. And, and you know, I guess he's seemingly forgotten that over 200,000 Americans have died and that those people who died had family members who watched them die. I'm one of them. My family's one of them. We lost my grandma. And it's at the beginning of all of this. It's wild. Uh, and it's just like so many other people are in that same situation. And so for him to say, like, don't be afraid, that is so callous. And it's really really striking that I, I read recently, recently, what is time? I read the other day that uh, apparently some of Trump's advisors had hoped for some reason that this would be a situation where, well, now that he's out, he can show that I've had this virus. So I can, like, I know what you're going through. This is terrible. And have that sort of connection with voters. And um, I don't know why they thought that because <laughs> that wasn't happening. Yeah, and here no, we are. He, he took, he talked the opposite route, one might say. (laughs) One might. (laughs) All right, moving on. Rihanna actually had to issue an apology for one of the songs she used in her Savage X Fenty fashion show. We talked about the show last week and how hard Rihanna worked to make it a diverse experience. Well, over the weekend, viewers noticed that one of the songs, Doom by French producer Cuckoo Chloe, used a sample from the Hadith. In Islam, hadith are a record of reports about the things the Prophet Muhammad did and said, and they're considered the second most important text after the Quran. So using a sped up version of that and laying music over it, well, that got some people mad. Cuckoo Chloe responded on Twitter saying that the sample had come from a larger set and she hadn't researched the meaning. She also said the song is being removed from streaming platforms. Rihanna herself publicly apologized on her Instagram stories today, saying that it was an honest but careless mistake. She went on to say, quote, we understand that we have hurt many of our Muslim brothers and sisters, and I'm incredibly disheartened by this. I do not play with any kind of disrespect toward God or any religion, and therefore the use of the song in our project was completely irresponsible. That's a solid apology, though. It really is. It is. As a connoisseur of celebrity apologies at this point, it feels like we all are. And that one's a good one. Right. And I never want to like praise like, well, at least they apologize, blah, blah, blah. But I do think I do think that apologies are important because a lot of people still don't do them and they don't do them well. And I do like think what she said, like it was an honest but careless mistake. You know, like a lot of people will say, like, I had no intention of doing that. I'm sorry I did it. But she's like she's like stepping up to be like, yeah, it was careless. You know, it was careless on many levels that it like missed all these like spots where it could have been rectified kind of thing. But she's like here to say like, hey, I'm not trying to mess around with this at all. Right. I, I wonder what song they'll use to replace it, because I, I think I saw somewhere that they're going to try and like just edit and re-upload the entire fashion show without the song. So I, I wonder if they're I wonder what song they're going to drop in slash if there's going to be like a pirated, like special <laughs> uncensored version that's going around the deep Internet after a while. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we've got BuzzFeed News science reporter Stephanie Lee with us. Stay right there. At 
SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Last night, Trump returned to the White House and uh, we still don't know how sick he was. Here via phone with the latest on what we know and what we very much do not know is BuzzFeed News science reporter Stephanie Lee. Good afternoon, Stephanie. Hi, how are you guys? Uh, not too bad. I'd feel better if I knew more, but that's where you come in right now. Um, so let's start with the big question. Uh, what do we actually know so far about Trump's diagnosis and the symptoms he's had? Yeah, so we know that um, the president was diagnosed, or at least he made his diagnosis publicly known just after midnight last Friday. According to his doctor, he has had uh, a mild cough, some nasal congestion, and fatigue. And we have some signs that it's a severe case of the coronavirus. Um, We know per his doctor that his oxygen saturation level has at times dropped below healthy levels, but we don't know exactly how low. And um, in response, he got at least two doses of supplemental oxygen over the weekend. Um, We know that he is being prescribed a drug that's recommended only for severe to critical cases of COVID-19, which either means that he is a severe case or he's getting it unnecessarily. As of today, he has discharged from Walter Reed Medical Center. He's back at the White House. His doctor says he has no symptoms and he's doing, quote, extremely well. (laughs) (laughs) Trump is not exactly young. How does his case so far compare to others of people his age? Yeah, so this is what's concerning about him as a patient. We know that people who are older and he's in his mid-70s who are male and who are overweight tend to have complications from the coronavirus and tend to have higher mortality rates than those who are are younger. And so these are all reasons to be concerned. As far as we know, he doesn't have any other underlying conditions like diabetes or heart problems. So that's good for him health-wise. But we don't know yet what the full scope of his disease is going to be like and how it's going to compare to other folks. 
I'm glad you bring that up because over the weekend, uh, journalists were frustrated by the lack of answers that Dr. Sean Conley, the White House physician, gave to them. So what are some of the things that we still don't know that would be really helpful considering it's the president? Yeah, so this is the health of the leader of the free world. Um, it would be great if we had full transparency about how he's doing. But unfortunately, Dr. Conley has not proven himself to be a trustworthy source of information, which is troubling, to say the least. He even said at one point this weekend that he didn't answer a question because he was, quote, trying to reflect the upbeat attitude that the team, the president, has had about his illness. So that raises a lot of questions as to whether the doctor is telling us the full picture and is being honest. So that said, uh, there were a few things that were explicitly asked about that he did not answer. And one of those was how much damage has been done to the president's lungs in terms of pneumonia, inflammation. You know, this is a big consequence of having the coronavirus as a respiratory illness. Um, and the doctor did not answer questions about his chest scans. He said, quote, there were some expected findings, but nothing of any major clinical concern. And um, point blank was asked, will you show us the scans? And, you know, he, he declined. So that's concerning. We also don't know how low his oxygen levels have been, again, related to the respiratory condition that this is. It would be another indicator of how much damage his lungs have endured. And the most specific that the doctor got was saying it was below 94%. It wasn't down into the low 80s or anything. Generally, a healthy person has in the 97 to 98% um, oxygen level. And we don't know exactly when he was infected. That would be helpful for knowing not just, you know, who else he may have exposed to the virus. At this point, it seems like a lot of people connected to the White House are getting it. Um, so it'd be helpful for, for that. But also it would just help us to know where he is in the course of his illness. He told the world on Twitter, you know, Friday after midnight, but the Wall Street Journal has reported that he had taken a test earlier that Thursday um, that also said he was positive, but he just didn't tell anybody. And his doctor has been asked point blank, when was the last time he took a negative test? And so that would help you know, us piece together the timing a little bit better as well. The doctor has not answered that either. That's a lot of question marks. Uh, Dr. Conley said that some of the questions that were being asked, he couldn't answer because it would violate Trump's privacy under HIPAA. Why, why would that actually stop him from telling us, the American people, about Trump's illness? In short, it wouldn't or shouldn't. So HIPAA, for those not familiar, that's short for the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Basically, it protects sensitive patient health information from being disclosed without the patient's consent. But it being cited in this case is highly questionable because a patient can waive their HIPAA protections to let their doctor speak openly about their care. And Dr. Conley has shared a lot of information about the president's health notably positive information. So it doesn't make sense that he would cite HIPAA to say he couldn't disclose things unless perhaps some information was bad news. So yesterday at the press conference, he was asked about the lung scans that we talked about, as well as what's the state of his lab tests. And he cited HIPAA in both those cases, but had no problem talking about so many other aspects of how the president was doing well. Trump is on a few medications right now, according to his doctor. Let's start with the antiviral remdesivir and the antibody cocktail from Regeneron. What do those drugs actually do? Yeah, so um, remdesivir is an antiviral, like you said. It's made by Gilead Sciences. And 
And it basically interferes with the creation of new viruses by inserting itself into new viral genes. Originally, it was tested against Ebola and hepatitis C. Didn't work out there, but has had this new life with the coronavirus. And in the spring, it got an emergency authorization from the FDA that lets it be used in hospitalized patients with COVID. But that is not the same as the full FDA approval. That would require full clinical data showing that it's conclusively safe and effective. And from research that's been done, we see that remdesivir seems promising, though the evidence is mixed. It has now become a pretty standard therapy for hospitalized COVID patients. It is more surprising that he is taking the second drug, which more precisely is this antibody cocktail treatment developed by Regeneron. And these are lab-made antibodies that are the synthetic versions of the attackers in your immune system against foreign invaders. And it's it's a one-dose kind of treatment. And there's been some very, very early data suggesting can help be helpful when given on early in an infection. But we just know that from a press release that the company put out, which is not considered full evidence by any means by the scientific community. And it's not available widely like the way remdesivir is. It's very experimental. So the president was given the treatment through what's called compassionate use exception for emergency cases. But very few people in the world have have gotten this, and that's pretty exceptional. So there's also the steroid that Trump is on, dexamethasone. What does that do? Yeah, so it's a steroid. Generic, it's cheap. It's been around for 60 years or so. And it tamps down at inflammation, and it's used for like allergies, asthma. And it turned out to be pretty effective against COVID for severe patients. It reduces death by one-third in people on ventilators, by one-fifth in people on oxygen. But it may be more harmful than helpful in people who are not one of those severe cases. If you have a mild case, it's thought to possibly be detrimental. So the, the WHO and the NIH say that it should only be reserved for like severe and critical cases. So either he is one of these more severe cases and he was on supplemental oxygen at some point. And, and so the doctors presumably thought that he, he needed it and he was quite ill. Or if he really does have the mild case, he appeared to project himself having them, dexamethasone would be unnecessary. So, so people have been speculating about some of the side effects that the steroid can have. Is that a fair thing for people to be wondering about? Yeah. So because dexamethasone has been around for so long, doctors know that it can have side effects like blood clots, blurred vision, quote unquote, psychic derangements like insomnia, mood swings, frank psychotic manifestations. This is according to the, the drug label. It can also produce feelings of euphoria. It can make you feel really good, even if you are quite sick. Like feeling better than you have in 20 years, for example, question mark? <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, but of course that, that feeling is not real just because you're on it. We unfortunately just don't know enough about his condition or you know how he's responding to it to know what's what's an effect versus not. And also he's taking these other medications and we don't know how they would all interact together, especially that antibody cocktail, which very few people have taken. Trump went back to the White House last night where he's presumably still contagious. He's saying he's out of the woods, but do we actually know that? I, the second week is supposed to be worse, right? Yes, yeah, so the second week is typically the worst week. You know, him leaving Walter Reed to go back home is not like you or me leaving the hospital to go back home. The White House has very good medical care. 
Um, he's going to be watched sounds like 24 seven. He's going to have access to, as one doctor told me, the most VIP of VIP treatments. And if he does get really sick again, you know, the helicopter can take him back to the hospital pretty quickly. So if he is feeling better, okay, then maybe he leaves the hospital. But no, that does not mean his illness is over by any means. The second week is typically when if the virus is not under control by then, things can really spiral out of control. The immune system can go into overdrive when the virus keeps replicating and it can create these things called cytokine storms that can really create so much inflammation that it becomes life-threatening in, in your vital organs. Again, the president is being watched so closely by doctors and he's getting these treatments that the rest of us don't have access to. So he may be fine, but we just we cannot say on Tuesday definitively that that is going to be true. Yeah, but the president says he's going to do the debate on October 15th and that he wants to go back out on the campaign trail. Would you be surprised if he actually manages either of those things at this point? Well, so first of all, he's not supposed to be doing those things. So he's sick. And the CDC says that once you um, are sick, you're supposed to isolate for at least 10 days after your symptoms first appear, possibly up to 20 days. So again, we don't know exactly when the, t- the clock started, but the October 15th debate seems borderline by that measure. And so no, he, he can't, he shouldn't at least jump back into society right away and get out on the campaign trail right away, like he tweeted yesterday that he would. Because again, this could still go badly, given his pre-existing risk factors, given that he's on this medication recommended for severe cases, some of the other concerning signs we've seen so far, like with his oxygen levels. And also, he just does not seem to be taking it seriously. When he came home yesterday, he did this video where he was like, don't let it dominate your life. Don't be afraid of it. And so if he's exerting himself because he thinks that he's fine and there's nothing to be worried about, that could worsen his condition too. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. I'm I I am afraid to say that we'll have to check in with you again before all of this is over. But again, thank you so much for dropping all that knowledge. Thanks for having me, guys. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we're talking with writer and director Miranda July about her new movie, Cajillionaire. And remember, if you're all hopped up on steroids, you may feel invincible. You are not. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos 
in the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now.